I would love to get a full tour of Galaxy's Edge and the thought and the process of what it went into specific things. And we could probably spend six that hours. That could be our day too. You know, just in that park alone. Oh, absolutely. You know, front of the line, everything, get it behind the stage, behind the scenes. I mean, everything. I think it would be really awesome to have like a smuggler's run, like just the two of us. Yeah. Or be a fucking stormtrooper for the day. Oh my gosh. Hello, and welcome to F Yeah Disney. We're your hosts, Julie and Jason. And we are here to give you an unfiltered view of all things Disney. We'll be covering events, news, history, food, and so much more. So strap on your ears, grab a churro, and enjoy today's episode of F F Yeah Yeah Disney. Disney. Hey there, and welcome to episode five of F. Yeah, Disney. We are excited to be back, and oh boy, do we have a ton of news to cover today. Since our show is created for the adult Disney fan, we wanted to make sure that we cover some content, including adulting at Disney. So today we're kicking that off with a new segment concerning Disney tours with the all-new $12,000 World of Dreams tour, where you can create the tour of your dreams. So stay tuned to the end for that segment. In the meantime, Miss Julie... What you drinking on today? Well, I have these beers left over from this awesome weekend that I just had. Mm, tell us more. Well, this really awesome dude came up to visit me. That's awful nice. It was really nice of him. And yeah. now I'm sitting 1,200 miles away from him recording a podcast, and it's a little sad. But I am drinking some of the beers that we had this weekend, and one of them is a Harpoon IPA which is a uh, Boston brewing company. Nice. And this one is Hoppy Floral Crisp. And there's a cute little tiger and some little flowers on it. That's really quite good. Yeah, they were pretty good. I was actually quite surprised. I like it that. They were yummy. And then my next beer is going to be Sierra Nevada Hazy Little Thing RPA, which is really, really good. Nice. But yeah, it was definitely a fun weekend, honey. So I flew out there uh, Saturday morning. And arrived about noon or so and came back around and uh, brought the heat with me to Boston. I got there and it was like 91 and by the afternoon it was like 110. Hot as hell. And then uh, Sunday was about the same, but there was more of a breeze. We went to uh, Cape Cod for a little little country music festival, get her done, yeehaw. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it was so hot, I didn't want to do anything else but stand there and try not to sweat. And uh, being a Floridian, I know better about uh, wearing sunscreen when you're out there in the hottest shit weather. And that was one thing that we forgot to do. We forgot sunscreen. So her and I, uh, I guess it was kind of fitting being up in Boston that we both came uh, home looking like lobsters. <laughs> Me more so than him, though. Yeah, very true. And then today, what, it was like 73? Yep. Yeah, meanwhile, it was 95 in Florida. What are you drinking? Uh, tonight, I am drinking an oldie but goodie, uh, one of my old-time favorites, a uh, company out of Tampa called Brewbus. And Brewbus actually used to do uh, a beer tour. They would take a, their Brewbus, and you would hop on it, and they would drive you around Tampa and hit all the breweries. And uh, this one is called 
You're my boy, Blue. And it's a blueberry wheat ale. It is very delicious. It has a I love it. Bit, bit of a heavy consistency to it. Uh, but it's it's really, really good. And on the side of the can, it says a subtle, sweet berry flavor. And fresh blueberry nose uh, keeps locals refreshing for this GABF winning wheat ale. Only real blueberries could produce their fresh flavor. And just outside of Tampa is Lakeland area. Uh, where they have a lot of blueberry farms, so I'm pretty sure they got their blueberries there. But uh, we s- made a beer for uh, our podcast, One Little Spice, and it was blueberry lavender. Mm. Nice. Well, they gave a little background. It says uh, we've been sharing our passion for craft beer since 2011 with our regional brewery tours, and now keep the good times rolling with our independent brewery. So it's kind of cool. Some of that becomes passionate about beer. They uh, share beers with people, and then they decide to go ahead and make their own, and they are good. So if anybody gets a chance to get their hands on some Brewbus beer, I recommend it. Sounds delicious. So before we get all distracted and off the rails here, and into the meat and potatoes of this episode, talking about that World Dream Tour, how about the attendance at Disneyland, honey? It's shocking, to say the least. Yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm uh, yeah, I'd say it's the same thing. It's it's fascinating because I know like right now APs are blacked out, and they say there's something like two million annual pass holders in California for Disneyland, something around there. Well, yeah, because Disneyland is more of a yeah locals crowd pass holder park than anything else. Yeah, because like it's literally in the heart of Anaheim. Yeah, it's fascinating. So I'm pretty sure that's part of it. But I know like you know Disney did all these things to try and keep people away per se but i think it kind of backfired in a sense so according to an article at bloomberg.com i'll have the link in the show notes for y'all it says walt disney's company's efforts to prevent overcrowding at its new star wars themed land appeared to be working websites that track attendance at disneyland the second busiest theme park in the world say the crowds have been manageable the wait wednesday afternoon for the signature millennium falcon ride was as little as 25 minutes comparable to the 25 year old roger rabbit's cartoon spin according to Laughing Place, Inc., uh, which uses a proprietary system to track crowds. We're kind of surprised how easy it is to get into, said Ben Matthews, news desk editor of Laughing Place. Everyone thought Disneyland was going to get slammed. Disney opened Star Wars Galaxy Edge, the largest ever addition to the Disneyland Park, on May 31st. To To manage an expected surge in demand, the company introduced its first reservation system, Guests had to stay in a company-owned hotel in Anaheim, California, or sign up for a spot online. The reservations, which ended June 23rd, were snapped up in less than two hours. The company made other changes to slow traffic flow, such as lowering curbs and eliminating smoking areas. We are incredibly focused on delivering a great guest experience for the opening of Star Wars Galaxy Edge, a Disney spokeswoman said. This land has added 20% more capacity to the Disneyland Park, And together with all of our new offerings, advanced planning and innovative technology has resulted in some incredible feedback and satisfaction from our guests. On Wednesday, touringplans.com, another crowd tracking site, originally predicted Wednesday would be a 9, its second busiest level. According to Fred Hazleton, statistician for the service, he now rates the crowd as a lower 3. So crazy. So I'm pretty sure a lot of it has to do with the APs. And just the fact that it seems like Disney just kind of scared people away. But also, it could be because of the fact that they don't have the Rise of the Resistance right open yet, which still is not going to open until January. And us here in, at WDW got fortunate to get ours 
uh, in December. So I'm really going to be curious to see in August when ours opens up here, like, are they going to be like, well, fuck it. We don't need to do this reservation system and blah, 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 which then may backfire on us here <laughs> as it's going to be super crazy busy. It's going to have like the opposite effect. I feel like Disney's smart enough to realize that they'll still have to do the reservation system. Yeah, but they can't do it with the hotels. That's the only thing. Like they could probably do the online queue like the one they did, but because Disney had Disneyland has like two hotels and we have like 30. Well, yeah, so it was something like Disneyland has 3,000 rooms and Disney World has 30,000. Yeah. I mean, it's possible they do fast passes the same way. You stay on a resort, you get to book it 60 days in advance, otherwise it's 30. So maybe open up however many like spots to people who are staying on property sooner and then, you know, 30 days out, do it for the rest of the world. Yeah, that's a good thought because I, I know that's what we were going to do for Toy Story Land was try to get a hotel 60 days out and try to get fast passes and stuff lined up. Yeah. That was something that we just ended up not doing. So, yeah, something else going on uh, is going to be the... Disney Skyliner is going to be opening, and they've announced officially that September 29th, 2019, they will be opening the Disney Skyliner. And I'm really curious if they're actually going to be opening maybe one of the lines earlier, if that's going to be like the entire system going back and forth to Epcot. There, I heard somewhere that they are opening it up to cast members Yeah. to be able to try it beforehand, which, I mean, I don't want to be one of those cast members that tests out the scary gondola ride of death i would love to i think what they're saying too is what they're what they're part of the testing is actually is is not necessarily the test testing of the actual liner running but actually doing emergency stuff so like say for instance you're on the gondola and all of a sudden like middle summertime at four o'clock the most amazing thunderstorm pops up with like four hundred thousand bolts of lightning every hour and they need to get this thing fucking closed and people off the lines so I think something like that's gonna ha- gonna happen, but also say if it breaks down, and they need to have like the Reedy Creek Fire Department come in and evacuate some of the buckets and stuff, you know, that maybe they'll be doing some of that kind of activity. Um, but they also, again, like you're saying, could be just testing it in general, you know, because I know the one that goes from Hollywood Studios to the uh, Hourglass Lake, I think that's called out there between Pop Century and Art of Animation, is pretty much done. And then that goes from that spot and then connects to Caribbean Beach and then goes from Caribbean Beach to Epcot, I believe is how the line's going, going to be running. So it seems like the Epcot one really is what's taking the longest. And I know also with the facade for uh, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, they're trying to get the facade done so that when the Skyliner goes over that, it doesn't look like shit when you're going over it. All I want to do is ride the Haunted Mansion one. I will wait for it. <laughs> It would be pretty cool. So yeah, the Disney. Do you think they play music inside each of them? Like, wouldn't it be really cool if they had like little speakers and each cart had music themed to what their cart was? I would love that. That'd be rad. I had also heard. You can do it, Disney. I believe in you. They can. Hundred percent. I'm sure there's gonna be some kind of audio of some sort of something. I don't know how they'll they'll transmit that. Please be seated. Do not rock the Skyliner gondola. Please. Stand clear of the doors. See, and uh, whatever that Tango uh, Marcolace. Uh, Montanga. <laughs> <laughs> but it would be pretty cool, though, if they had, like, the theme songs for, like, the, the movies. You know, you're in there with the Incredibles one and the ba 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 You know, all starts playing and stuff. 
Or Zootopia get... could have Shakira. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Or the Grim Grinning, Grinning Ghost with uh, Absolutely. Know, those guys. But I also had heard uh, last year or so that Disney had filed patents for in, like an augmented reality kind of gimmick. So if you're in one of their transportation services inside in on the glass, like say like you're on the monorail, all of a sudden like Iron Man comes flying by the monorails kind of thing. So it'd be kind of cool if they did some kind of augmented reality deal with, and you know, like you're in the thing and then outside you got like Tinkerbell flying around your, your thingy or Mary Poppins comes flying by on an umbrella or, you know, whatever. As long as it's not like complete video screens and makes me super nauseous, I'm good. Well, that's the thing, though. It wouldn't be a video screen. It'd be like yeah. playing like Pokemon or using like augmented glasses kind of thing, I guess. Yeah. It's pretty cool, though. But the uh, Disney Skyliner uh, article here at DisneyWorld.Disney.Go.com <laughs> uh, basically says that you'll be gliding above the treetops and add an extra dash of pixie dust to your day. This grand state-of-the-art gondola system will conveniently connect Disney's Hollywood Studios and International Gateway at Epcot to the following resort hotels. Disney's Caribbean Beach Resort, Disney's Art of Animation, Disney's Pop Century, and Disney's Riviera Resort. Guests will be able to enjoy easy access at Disney's Boardwalk Entertainment District and a fun way to travel between Epcot and Disney's Hollywood Studios. Plus, the Disney Skyliner provides a relaxing trip to dining locations across Disney Resort Hotels including Disney's Yacht Club Resort, Disney's Beach Club Resort, and Disney's Boardwalk Inn. Some of the gondolas will be adorned with iconic Disney characters, figures from Disney attractions, and film favorites, which make getting around even more magical as guests enjoy breathtaking vistas over and between each of these enchanting locations. Okay. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited about this, though. I think it's going to be just overall, it's going to be a fun perspective. It's going to be something to do, you know, at the parks besides going to the parks. I mean, shit... You don't need a, a theme park ticket to ride these things, you know. So I think it's gonna be something fun. It'd be like, like I've heard it referred to like the trolley cars in San Francisco kind of thing. It's like a just an iconic thing that you have to go do at Disney. Just go take the. I'm Disney so Skyline. excited. Yeah, me too. We should uh, have a like life goal of riding each and every gondola, even though I only ever want to ride the Haunted Mansion one, so that might be difficult for me, but yeah, taking each one at least once. Yeah, there's 50, 50 designs, I believe they said, like that. So yeah, so September 29th, 2019, to kind of circle back on that, that's when they are, Disney's saying that they are going to be live and open. Well, enough of that crap. I think it's now it's time for us to get into our next segment, which is This Week in Disney. If you had it to do over again, would you do any part of it differently? Well, if I had it to do over again, uh, I think, uh, no, I don't think it would. <laughs> All right, so This Week in Disney is going to be going from July 28th to August 2nd. And on July 28th, 1951... Walt Disney's 13th animated film, Alice in Wonderland, is released in U.S. theaters by RKO Radio Pictures two days after it was released in London's premiere. Uh, Catherine Beaumont, the voice of Alice, will later narrate the Alice attraction at Disneyland. Very cool. Yeah, I still have not That is there. a really awesome ride. That's what I hear. I've never been there, but I hear it's awesome. Don't you ride in like the Caterpillar? I was going to say, you get to ride in the Caterpillar, and it's really cool because you... It's, so it's a dark ride for most of it, and then... You go up to like the second floor, and there's a part of it that's outside, like on the roof. It's so cool. Right. July 28th, 1998, Disney's first cruise ship, The Magic, is christened by Patricia Disney, Roy E. Disney's wife in Florida. Built by Italian shipbuilder Fran Cantieri, 
The Disney Magic can hold approximately 2,400 passengers, a total length of 964 feet, a maximum width of 106 feet, and an astonishing gross tonnage of 83,000 tons. Wow. Uh, Patricia Disney christens the ship by remote control, flicking a switch that sends a three-foot-tall bottle of champagne crashing into the ship's hull. That's kind of cool. That's so cool. The Wouldn't it be funny if the uh, the glass, uh, the bottle didn't break and it just like busted a hole in the side of the ship? It'd be hilarious. You know, it, it would be pretty crazy. It, what it reminds me of on a total side note is on uh, Futurama when they launched their Titanic, their, their spaceship, and Leo DiCaprio's head in the jar is what they used to christen it. And he was supposed to do that episode and he refused to, so they used his head in the jar instead. <laughs> it's so awesome. Like, fuck you, Leo. The Magic then sets sail with a star-studded manifest that includes Star Wars director George Lucas, San Antonio Spurs center David Robinson, and country <laughs> singer Travis Tritt on a two-day trip to Disney's private island in the Bahamas. The ship's last test run, it will embark on its official maiden voyage two days later. I'm just saying, I've seen Titanic. I don't want to be on any boat's maiden voyage. Yeah, right. And that two days later is July 30th, and Disney launches its first cruise ship, the Disney Magic. <laughs> It is one of the, one of the three largest ships in the world. Crazy, right? And then on August second, nineteen ninety eight, passengers aboard the Disney's Magic Maiden Voyage become the very first Disney guests to set foot on Disney's private island, Castaway Key, or Castaway Cay, which officially opened July thirtieth. Located two hundred and twenty five nautical miles from Disney's home port of Port Canaveral, Florida. Not nautical miles, I love it. Yeah. Located 225 nautical, nautical miles from Disney's home port of Port Canaveral, Florida, the island stretches 3.1 miles and 2.2 miles wide. What's the difference between a nautical mile and a regular mile? I'm not, I'm not sure, but if anybody in our audience knows that, you should let us know in the comments down below. Uh, originally called Gorda Cay, the island was used for filming the Touchstone 1984 feature Splash, where Tom Hanks first encountered Daryl Hannah on the beach. July 29th, 1964, Disney's Mary Poppins, starring Julie Andrews, Dick Van Dyke, and David Tomlinson, and uh, Glennis Johns, is generally released. Based on a series of children's books by P.L. Travers about a magical nanny who comes to work for a cold banker's unhappy family. The it's film a jolly holiday with Mary. <laughs> the film features music by Richard M. and Robert B. Sherman. The film will receive 13 Academy Award nominations and win five Oscars. Have you seen Saving Mr. Banks? No, I have not. Such an amazing movie. I know. I, I hear it is. I got to see it. Because I heard Julie Andrews was like, I am not singing a song that stupid called Super Phallocagilistic Expialidocious. <laughs> Even though I could totally Why are you adding cartoons to my movie? Yes. And then it came out amazing. Another fun fact of that movie is... Uh, when the animator who uh, animated the penguins into the dance scene with uh, old Bert, uh, initially Dick Van Dyke was told he had to dance a specific way in and in, uh, in a coordinated way so that when they animated the penguins in there, they would be like penguins dancing uh, with Dick Van Dyke. But because he did his own improv dance, they had to animate the penguins like slipping and sliding and moving and jiving and all around Dick Van Dyke because he did not listen to the director. Obviously. So hence that scene where the penguins are all kind of like juking around them and stuff. It's pretty cool when you go back and watch it and you understand that this animator had to make these penguins dance the way they're dancing because of this dickhead who wasn't listening to the director. Ha <laughs> dick. <Van Dyke. laughs> uh, God bless Dick Van Dyke. 
July 29th, 2011, at approximately 6.30 a.m. Hawaii time, the doors open to Makalea Lobby of Alani, a Disney resort and spa, open and the first guests enter. Disney's first resort in Hawaii, it is a built-from-scratch complex designed to provide a unique mix of mouse-inspired imagineering and native Hawaiian culture. Located in the Ko'alima Resort area. 20 miles west of downtown Honolulu, Alani sits at the southern end of uh, Wahoo's Waiani or Leeward Coast. That was a mouthful. Good job. That was yeah. impressive. July 30th, 1932, Disney's first full-color animated film and the studio's first Technicolor cartoon, Flowers and Trees, premieres at Grauman's Chinese Theater in Hollywood, California. Disney's short precedes the MGM feature for uh, film Strange Interlude. This 29th Silly Symphony is considered a landmark in Disney animation and earned Disney the first Academy Award ever given for Best Cartoon Short Subject. Was it a strange interlude into a strange interlude? I guess. Into into color. But yeah, it's pretty rad and definitely was a uh, somewhat of a dark cartoon. That's uh, interesting because... Uh, I remember the trees are blown around and like one of them gets blown over and the like the male's holding the female tree and stuff and it's kind of I don't know I remember if she dies or not maybe but it's it's interesting but it's pretty cool so shortly after that then in 1939 the Wizard of Oz came out which was uh, one of the first if not the first movie uh, TV or film to uh, use Technicolor that moment that good old Dorothy walked out that door and landed on Oz we're not in Kansas anymore Toto Here's a fun one for y'all. Uh, 1986, July 30th, Disney's Flight of the Navigator, starring Joey Kramer, is released in theaters, and I remember seeing that as a kid. Uh, a 12-year-old named David is abducted by an alien spacecraft and sent eight years into the future. The film also features Paul Rubens, Veronica Cartwright, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Howard Hesman. And a fun little fact about this is the ship that he actually flew in this film, uh, if you remember the backstage tour at MGM Studios, uh, it was back there in the prop section as part of the back streets, backstage tour prop area. They had like Herbie Lovebug and uh, a, like a Sand Rider uh, ship that was in Star Wars maybe, something like that. Uh, but this ship was back there, and it has kind of like a, I would say it's shaped like a pit of a peach almost kind of shape to it. But uh, there was two of the ships left after the film was made in terms of props. One was put backstage, which eventually probably rotted and got tossed in the garbage. But the second one sits on top of, I believe it's the Coke, cool stand refresher stand at magic kingdom over in tomorrowland uh they basically painted it and they added a couple little gimmicks to the back of it gave it some rocket boosters and stuff uh changed the complete look of it it's got a white and red kind of paint job scheme and i believe it's on top of a stand that you can stand underneath it and it has like the misters and stuff that cool you off a little bit it's over by the uh grand prix race cars whatever those things are called over there tomorrowland speedway that thing yeah i never go on it so i never know what the hell it's called the hundred thousand times i've been to that park I may have ridden those cars once, ever. I've never been on them. No, they look, don't look like look fun at all. Plus, they stink. But I thought it was a cool little thing that uh, those that don't know, when they go to Magic Kingdom now, that listen to this episode, uh, you will go there and you'll see that spaceship on top of that cooling system. You can be like, hey, that was in Disney's Flight of the Navigator that was released in 1986. Thank you, F-Yeah Disney. Hell yeah. July 30th, 1999. Rock and Roller Coaster, starring Aerosmith, officially opens to all guests as part of the largest property-wide expansion in Walt Disney World history. The indoor steel roller coaster features a high-speed launch of 0 to 60 miles an hour in 2.8 seconds. 
Three inversions, rock concert lighting, and a specially created Aerosmith soundtrack blasting from 120 onboard speakers in each coaster train. 120 speakers are on that train. That's crazy. All first for a Disney World attraction. I love that roller coaster. They launch it with magnets. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's awesome. It's so smooth. Being from Boston, where Aerosmith is from, I really appreciate this roller coaster. Hell yeah. I think it was the first time, too, that they used the uh, projection imaging of like how they had the band behind in the recording studio. Like that whole thing. Even before like Universal did anything like that. We do not speak that name. I the know. park who which shall not be named. Who yeah. shall not be named. That yeah. shall not be named. Yes. Fitting, because that's where Harry Potter World is. That's perfect. And last but not least, August 1st, 2014, Guardians of the Galaxy, a science fiction superhero film based on the Marvel Comics superhero team of the same name, produced by Marvel Studios and distributed by the Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures, is released to theaters. Brash adventurer Peter Quill finds himself the object of an unrelenting bounty hunt after staring at a mysterious orb coveted by Ronan, a powerful villain with ambitious with ambitions that threaten the entire universe. So two things about this movie. When I was in Disneyland the first time for Comic-Con in 2014, I got to see a 4D preview of this. That was really cool. So it like splashed at you and it was really awesome. Um, and then I went back and watched it like four times because there wasn't a line. Nice. And I also did not know that Lee Pace was Ronan initially and freaked out because he's one of my favorite actors of all times. Nice. Heck yeah. Yeah, he's a, a really good bad guy in terms of like villains. He's also a really good pie man. Pie man? Pie maker? They call him the pie maker. Mm. Pushing Daisies was like the greatest TV show ever. And then they canceled it after a season and a half and left us in with a cliffhanger and it was tragic. Well, I guess it wasn't that good, huh? You wash your mouth out with soap. <laughs> well, now that we've covered the past, it's now time to talk about current and future happenings in the parks with our next segment, To Infinity and Beyond. To Infinity and your mom. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. That's not right. You sure? No, that's not right. I'm pretty sure that's it. No, 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 let me show you. To insanity and a blonde. What do you even... That's how it goes. ...saying? No, that's how it goes. To immunity and respond. To indecency to infrequently. and... Hey, hey, guys, you got it all wrong. It's to infinity and beyond. All right, so I think the biggest thing is that at Comic-Con, they released the movie and television release dates for the new Marvel Phase 4. Super excited. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. So, uh, Black Widow comes out May 1st, 2020. Nice. Then uh, they are doing The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which will be fall 2020, and that will be on Disney+. Plus. So that should be interesting because... I, I now I'm wondering with all of these if they are getting the original actors because I know with Loki they are. Oh yeah, they're getting all the original actors. So it's gonna be um, Bucky and the Falcon. Yep, and I'm gonna be curious if they're name. gonna do him uh, in his. If this could be like a transition of him uh, as Cap, the new Cap. Yeah, you know what I mean. Or if it's gonna go maybe before the snap. Well, because the uh, the logo for this had Cap's shield. Oh okay. So, I assume it'll be the transition of him, like, 
so how I picture it is him being like, I'm not worthy to be Captain America. And Bucky being like, yes, you are. He chose you. I feel like that's how it's going to transition. Yeah, I can totally see that. Uh, next is The Eternals, which will be starring Angelina Jolie um, on November 6th, 2020. Nice. That's, that that uh, is a, a story of basically God, God-like uh, figures in the Marvel Universe. And Keanu Reeves is who's also rumored to be a part of that cast. That is just a rumor because the list is Angelina Jolie, Salma Hayek, Richard Madden, Kumal Nanjiani... Brian Tyree Henry, Leah McHugh, Don Lee, and Lauren Ridloff. Who will portray the first deaf MCU hero? That's awesome. Uh, next is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, mm-hmm. which comes out February 12th. That is going to be amazing. What year? 2021, sorry. Cool. Uh, WandaVision comes out spring 2021, and that will be on Disney+. Plus. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. It's May 7th, 2021. I'm so excited for that. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love, love, love Benedict's cover batch. And so I'm really excited. My and he's just, so, he's just so sassy. He is. He played a great uh, con in Star, Star Trek about the con. With his oh voice. my gosh, yes. Like the best dreamy voice ever. My daughter did a uh, telephone game with her friends one time. And they used Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> as the name. And by the time it was uh, over with, the last person said, better than a dick and a pumpkin patch. So now you'll never think of him at the same. You'll, every time you see anything he's in, you're going to think, hey, look that. It's better than a dick and a pumpkin patch. <laughs> I like, hey, Dad. I love it. Um, how, how about the last one there? What do you mean the last one? There's like four more. Oh, continue then. Uh, Loki, which is the one that I am most excited about because mm-hmm. Tom Hiddleston is the dream. Yeah, reprising the role too. No offense, babe. Um, I don't know. I think he's pretty good looking. I'm not offended. Spring 2021. Well, that will be on Disney Plus. That's literally I, the only reason why I want Disney Plus. He's he's definitely the only person out there in the world I could ever see playing that character. Since he's played that character, he played Loki perfectly. Oh yeah, he's absolutely brilliant. And that smile and the smirk in his eyes, the way he looks, it's just perfect. Next is <laughs> what if? <laughs> Which, it's okay. I look at him the way I look at you. Don't worry. Um, it's coming out summer twenty twenty one. Yeah, what if? So that was an older comic book series. I'm not sure if you're familiar, Miss Julie. That uh, they were like, what if uh, Deadpool killed the X Men, or whatever. Like, there's all these different theories. Like, so is if- it going to be like? Each episode is going to be a different what if. Yep. So, like, what if Wolverine was the uh, the head vampire of vampires kind of thing? So, Wolverine as a vampire. Then there's actually a comic book out there. Or what if Thor was a, a she type of thing? Like, there's all kind of different variations of of these what ifs. And a lot of them were, were pretty wild out there storylines that were just, like, single storylines. I have one that was, uh, what if Cable killed the X-Men? It has a foil cover. Pretty badass. So, That's yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, that's going to be pretty pretty neat. And that was one of those things that Stan Lee really wanted to get going and at the time uh, they didn't, never did. And so this is kind of a, one of his last wishes, in a sense, coming to reality for us. That's awesome. Yeah. Then there is Hawkeye coming in fall 2021 to Disney+. So Plus. That right there was in one of all of them that I did not know about and was surprised about him having his own series, which is awesome. I knew about I, it. Did you? Well, how about that? 
I just I think it's cool because he his character was always like an underrated, underused. I mean, he was even said himself. He's just and he has like looks, such a crazy backstory too. Like it's yeah. gonna be really really cool to see the show. Yeah, and then when he when he came in in uh, Endgame as Ronan, that version, you know, that that character Ronan, Ronan, as the samurai wielding sword slinging badass, you know, it was a, uh, it was a really it was really cool to start the movie off with him as a character to really give him some good credibility. So, and I think it'll be really cool to see like his whole backstory and then to see the turmoil that he went to, like losing his family and that transition to Ronan. I think that'll be really cool to see. Yeah, if that's, if that's what they, where they go with it, is that what they're saying? I don't know, but that's where I would want it to go. Uh, me too. They, Disney should hire us right now. They should. Dear Disney. Uh, and then last, but certainly not least, because this, this is awesome, uh, Thor Love and Thunder comes out November 5th, 2021. And this one will have Natalie Portman playing female Thor. Yes. How about... Thorina. The, the... <laughs> I'm just Thorin- kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But how about the uh, the typography for that? I love the look of it. It, it kind of goes along with the Ragnarok. You know, I was worried with Ragnarok was going to be too much like a, like a cheeky Guardians of Galaxies perspective, but then it had its own thing where Thor was like really his character. And I'm also really curious to see if he's going to continue to have his weight in this one. Because I don't think he loses it. I think he's he just stays fat. Well, I think after talking to his mother and her being like, you are worthy, he like breaks out of his depression. and. Yeah, but then when he wields the hammer and he his beard braids up and his hair pulls back and he turns into this Viking badass, that's so good. It'll be really funny if uh, we see him and Peter Quill... At some point, in the not were they called the did they call themselves the yeah. Revengers? What did they call themselves the yeah the, the Asgardians of the, the second time around? Yes, um, to see them like battling it out to be like no I can lift more weight no I can lift more weight yeah and Peter Quill dropping his voice a little bit this is how I talk this is my voice <laughs> it's so fucking funny oh <laughs> uh, it's so good. Yeah, I'd be really curious to see what they do with Guardians. Because, I mean, you know, Thor's got to be a part of that somehow or other. So they're going to have to have, have him come out of it and then go on to his own next next storyline. So I'm excited for that. Because there had been rumors going that they were going to be doing a fourth Thor. But then nobody ever really talked about it. And here we go. There was a really funny picture that I don't know if I sent you, but I saved it. And it was Thor. Oh, yeah. It's a... Uh... Hulk in front of the hammer mm-hmm. and Thor's laughing at him saying haha you can't pick it up only the worthy and then Hulk the Hulk is holding Captain America who's holding the hammer nice <laughs> and, and Thor's like uh what <laughs> that's cute. super cute all right so on to Disneyland I know we talked a little bit about the crowds in um Star Wars land being super low but they also have the Grand California Hotel Craftsman Bar and Grill that just opened. Mm, looks amazing. And it's this outdoor bar by the pool, and it's just, you know, the beautiful rustic design, just like everything at the Grand Californian. Um, and then they have these really awesome bronze animals on the entranceway into this bar and obviously 
coming from a food podcast, I'm going to talk about some of the food that they have here because I want to go right now just to eat some of this stuff. Um, so they have appetizers and entrees that they kind of have like merged together. It's basically, you know, bar food. It's just a list of all of them. But they have a uh, black truffle charred cauliflower grilled cheese sandwich. Mm. And I'm obsessed with grilled cheese sandwiches anyway. But it's on sourdough bread with charred cauliflower, cheesy bechamel, black truffles, and pickled vegetables. And that just sounds insane. Yeah, it sounds like a crazy bunch of combinations of things. And amazing. And I feel like it's not like... I was curious what they were going to do for cheese with this. Because cauliflower is such a delicate flavor and truffle kind of takes over everything, you can't really go with a super strong cheese to pair with it as much as I love crazy cheeses in grilled cheese sandwiches. Um, But the cheesy bechamel is basically a cheesy white sauce that's just absolutely delicious. Nice. Um, And then, gosh, even their avocado toast looks insane because it is served with soft burrata i don't know why they say it's soft burrata burrata is a soft mozzarella cheese so it seems a little redundant there but just in case people didn't know uh pomegranate seeds pomegranate drizzle fried parsley uh spiced rice paper and on grilled ciabatta bread spiced rice paper weird that sounds phenomenal is that supposed to be like a slice of cheese over it to keep everything together i doubt it because rice paper is like thin and flaky. It's probably just to add a little bit of texture to it. Hmm. Um, and then this one. They have artisanal pizzas. And they have a charcuterie pizza. Nice. And I'm obsessed with charcuterie. And charcuterie boards at all of the lovely Disney restaurants that have them. Um, and it has one of my favorite ingredients on it. Uh, but it's premium pepperoni, prosciutto, salami, Italian sausage, arugula, mm-hmm. my favorite, uh, fire roasted tomatoes, grana padana, which is a Parmesan cheese. Okay. In a sense. Um, and then aged provolone. And that just sounds amazing. Okay. And then for dessert, they have a waffle churro sundae. And we were trying to figure out what a waffle churro is at the beginning of the episode, but I personally think it's pat dough in a waffle maker and then sprinkled with cinnamon and sugar. That's just what I, that's how I would make a waffle churro. Yeah. I think I want to try making a waffle churro like that. I haven't done it with that kind of dough, but I've made it with uh, uh, a dough mixture that I made and then did the lots of butter and cinnamon and, and sugar on there. and It was amazing. Remember that one time you tried to make uh Chocolate pancake waffles in your Mickey Waffle Maker. Yeah, it didn't really go over too well. Not so much. Oh. It's entertaining to watch. I bet. I slayed them. Uh, so that's Disneyland. Um, and then they have some really awesome like specialty drinks and even some non-alcoholic stuff. They have a kid's menu because it's by the pool. So obviously they're going to have food for the kids. But they have a Parmesan-crusted grilled cheese. Mm. Where was that when I was a kid? Right. But that just sounds super, super amazing. All right, so in Disney World news, a guest allegedly punched a Tower of Terror cast member and started to push buttons. But the way that... They, I don't know where they would have been pushing buttons because the dispute was because her fast pass wasn't valid. Weird. And then they're they're saying that... 
Um, but I guess it happened as they were like going into the like little Twilight Zone video room. But I don't know where there are ride buttons. Where would she have pushed a ride button? But anyway, so she apparently started pushing buttons because she was mad that her fast pass wasn't valid. And then the cast member tried to stop her, and then she punched the cast member in the face and kept pushing buttons. And that is how you get banned from Disney World for life. Yeah, I mean, what the hell? So you got people punching cast members, you got families fighting each other. Yeah. Slow park attendants. Disneyland's <laughs> going to hell in a handbasket. That one was in Disney World. Oh, this is Disney World? Yep. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah, that's true. We had the Tower of Terror. <laughs> Duh. They used to have one. Paris has one. That's actually my news for Paris. Um, and then in other Disney World news, they are starting construction on the Star Wars hotel rooms. Mm, nice. So that is super exciting. And, I mean, there's not much going on there. It's yeah, some framework, talking. but... But it's a really it's just construction. It's just the framework, but it looks really, really cool. I mean, it's just, it doesn't really look like much of anything. It's just really exciting that it's already going up and there's that much of it complete. Yeah, it's exciting. It's I don't know if you saw, too, that how much of the uh, the Mission Space restaurant that they have uh, they have gotten done. And, uh, you know, I was, I was thinking that they were going to have actual windows to see out of or make it look like from the outside like there were windows on the building. But then I'm thinking no because you're going to be launched into space and you're eating in that space. So the restaurant is going to be just a solid building. And But you can see, really see like the curvature of the building how like on the inside they're going to have like that 270 degree screen or whatever it's going to be. That's going to be like a shown space outside. I'm just saying if you've ever seen Xenon Girl of the 21st Century that spaceship has windows. <laughs> I maybe not have, but... Zoom, zoom, zoom. <coughs> I'm sure from the inside, it'll look like it has windows. Have you not seen the Xenon movies? I don't know if I have. I know Xeon <sighs> Flux, but I don't think that's the same thing. Not even close. No, okay. Oh my gosh, we need to watch those. Those are getting added to the to the list, too. Hell yeah. So what else you got for us, hon? Let's see. Disneyland Paris. Exciting news. I'm very, very excited about this. So they are adding a new overlay. Enhancements, they're calling them, at their Tower of Terror. And so it's saying the ride will now feature new stories, complete with updated sound and visual effects, all new drop sequences, and an iconic character already present in the attraction. Neat. So that's actually going to be really, really fun. And it says there is going to be an even more immersive story, and they hope that... You know, longtime fans will be able to, like, rediscover the attraction. Which, I think this is a great idea. Tower of Terror is awesome. Tower of Terror is awesome. Let's revamp it. Not completely change it to a Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Which was an awesome ride. I'm not going to lie. But, yeah, kind of sad that they got rid of the Tower of Terror. Well, I think that's the fun thing about the, uh, I believe it's the Hong Kong Tower of Terror. That it has, like, a whole different, complete different storyline that tax, tax, uh, ties it into the Society of Explorers and Adventures, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. Because in Asian culture, they don't know what the hell Twilight Zone is, really. You know, it's not part of their culture. So it's, I think it's I think it's cool in France that they're at least going to keep the Twilight Zone going. But did they say what character is going to be in there? Is like the iconic character? Or? There was a picture of a doll on a bed with a book, but I don't know that that's actually the character or... If that was just a teaser picture. Oh, huh, interesting. 
Um, and then more Disneyland Paris news. I'm actually really excited about this because it's a book and we all know how much I love books. Um, yes. So Disneyland Paris has a Phantom Manor and there is actually a collector's book coming out that will be released on July 31st. And it is called the Phantom Manor Decrypted. Decrypted. Um, and actually the pictures of it are really cute. It kind of looks like like a scrapbook with all sorts of information about the parks and the manor and the history behind it and all that jazz, which is really cool. And I'm wondering if the Phantom Manor is supposed to be like the haunted mansion of Disneyland Paris. Cause I've never been there, but well, it kind of seems that way. I know Phantom Manor is tied into the uh, Thunder Mountain Railroad there in terms of story. So the, the original owner of the phantom or the manor i should say was the proprietor who had the owned the railroad and his daughter wanted to marry somebody that he didn't approve of so he killed uh, her husband to be and then um, subsequently she eventually died and haunted the mansion he died and i guess he is actually the phantom that's in the manor supposedly something of that nature if I remember my story correctly without looking it up right now. How the heck do you know all of these things? She's Louise. Because I study my Disney shit. Apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, but as far as I know, it's the only uh, connection in terms of Disney parks that has the tower, the or the, the mansion and the Thunder Mountain. Because I believe in most of the parks, they're really close together no matter what park you go to. So I th- I think that there's some storyline behind our Thunder Mountain at Disney World being connected to the mansion with Constance and uh, supposedly her last husband is the brother of the former owner of the tower in Hong Kong. And that's where the Society of Explorers and Adventures is connected to Hong Kong and Disney World is by their Tower of Terror and our Haunted Mansion. That's really cool. I think it's something of that net, that way. Yeah. It makes me really want to go to Disneyland Paris. Yeah. That'd be cool. Next in Hong Kong Disneyland, they have a Toy Story and Pixar Pal Summer Splash. And that runs from June 26th to September 1st, so we're a little late on that one. But it has... Uh, so it's similar to the Pixar Water Play Street Party. And it's going to be featuring Mr. and Mrs. Incredible... Woody and Buzz, Joy and Sadness, Russell and Doug. I wonder if it's going to have Forky. Oh, yeah, it says. <laughs> if I just kept reading. Um, guess we'll also see characters from Toy Story 4, such as Bo Peep in her all-new jumpsuit and the new character, Forky. And then they can also meet Frozone, Edna Mode, and Mr. and Mrs. Incredible. And they have some fun new merchandise and some really cute like Space Ranger. They basically look like drink pods. And so it kind of looks like Buzz's helmet and then his little like chest piece and it's, it's round and super adorable. Oh. And I think purple and green, but I'm colorblind, so I have no idea. <laughs> and nice. then it looks like they have the, um, the Luxo, Luxar, Luxo ball mm. um, as a mochi, which is really cool, like a mochi ball. Neat, yeah. And then they have special themed room overlays that they're doing... Um, 
That'll be available June 27th, so they're available now. So they have a Moana overlay, which is an extra $1,099 Hong Kong dollars. And let's see. Uh, Guests will receive Moana-themed amenities, such as tin boxes, slippers, and towels, and priority entrance to Moana, a homecoming celebration, and a complimentary room upgrade to a room with a sea view, which is fitting. Uh, They have a summer theme overlay which is an extra hundred and it's available at all of the Hong Kong hotels and they'll get like fun little amenities as well that I assume are summer themed. And then the celebration overlay is 899 Hong Kong dollars and you can choose from birthday, wedding or anniversary. And then the items they receive are based on the celebration. And then the last one is the lovely characters overlay, uh, which is, 499 Hong Kong dollars, and you can choose between Duffy and Friends, Toy Story, or Finding Nemo. So clearly, if we go, it would have to be Toy Story, and I would just want them to fill the room with a thousand forkies. <laughs> so the hotel itself is what's getting the overlays at the park, but the hotels. Yes, the hotel rooms. Interesting. No. Yep. Huh. That's fun. That's cool that you could kind of op- option and. Uh, is it? Like, does each overlay, are they certain dates, or you can pick and choose? Uh, so, Moana started, the Moana and Celebration overlays started May 1st. The lovely characters started June 1st, and then the summer theme started June 27th. Um, okay. It doesn't say when they, doesn't say when they end. Um, but the Moana one's really cute. It looks like there's, like, a giant Moana towel on each of the beds in the window. There's, like, Moana and Maui window clings. Um, and then it looks like there's some fun little toys and stuff. And then Moana slippers. It's really, really cute. It's a fun idea. It is. I thought so. And then last but not least, there was nothing for Shanghai Disney. Uh, in Tokyo Disneyland, Donald is having a hot jungle summer, (laughs) which is an event that runs from July 9th to September 1st. With decorations, merchandise, food, and a brand new nighttime castle show. The event is bright and colorful and has a jungle theme. And uh, the picture of it's really cool. It's uh, Donald with this really cute little like grass headdress. Sorry, a feathered headdress. Leaf and feather. Apparently both parks are celebrating fun time with Toy Story 4, which everybody should be celebrating fun time with Toy Story 4. There are decorations at Disneyland's main entrance featuring Donald and friends in their jungle-inspired outfits. 80 new merchandise items, including character plush badges, Donald body pillow, and tissue box cover. Mm-hmm. Glow bracelets to help get ready to help guests get ready for the after party. And t-shirt shorts and towels. Uh, the shorts are actually super adorable. The shirt's actually really cute, too. Everything's adorable. I love it all. Uh, 12 limited time meals, including hot dogs with vegetable sauce and a red bun, lemon raspberry and blue syrup soft drinks, and Donald Duck inspired desserts that come with a souvenir cup or souvenir plate. Interesting. Um, I'm going to click on that one. Well, I'm curious. So I I wonder if these overlays for the hotel will then coincide with an after hours party they're doing in the parks with the same theme. That is how it appears. Yeah. Because it does have a new nighttime castle show. Yeah. Uh, they have an adorable meat and vegetable sandwich that looks like Donald Duck. <laughs> Fascinating. It's super cute. We'll put some links for the show so notes in the, in the show notes for that one, too. Yeah. I'll send for, it for to you. Stuff. 
They have a pineapple jelly and yogurt mousse souvenir. And then it comes with a little like souvenir mug, which is pretty cool. Uh, they have a mango and raspberry ice cream squeezer that looks delightful. Yummy. Like a go-gurt squeezer kind of gimmick? No, like it looks like a Dole Whip okay. in a cone. Okay. Um, and then they have a blue syrup sparkly drink that has Mickey Mouse um, sprinkles sprinkled into it. And they have a souvenir straw and a souvenir lunch case. The souvenir lunch case is really cute. So it has orange handles and then it says Donald's Hot Jungle Summer. But it's all these like tropical leaves and flowers. It's really cute. Nice. Makes me want to go to Japan. Well, we all know Halloween's coming up pretty soon. And uh, Disney's preparing for their next round of not-so-spooky Halloween spectaculars. Starts August 16th through November 1st. And this year, they're doing a whole new fun overlay uh, with Mr. Jack Skellington being the host this year. According to Disney blog, Disney Parks blog, uh, written here by Sean Slater, uh, it says, Fall will be here before you know it. And that means it's almost time for my favorite event of the year, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. And this year will be particularly exciting with several returning favorites and some all-new experiences, highlighted by the debut of the incredible new Disney's Not-So-Spooky Spectacular. Uh, Jack Skellington from Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas serves as the host of this all-new nighttime extravaganza with state-of-the-art projection effects, lasers, lighting, and dazzling fireworks filling the sky above Magic Kingdom Park. Jack has come to tell a not-so-scary story about how anything can happen on Halloween night. Jack's ghost dog, Zero, then flies off carrying everyone along on a trick-or-treating adventure where four friends, Mickey, Minnie, Donald, and Goofy, find themselves drawn into a mysterious haunted house. Their journey takes them from one room of the house to another, encountering dancing skeletons, waltzing ghosts, and a whole series of troublemaking Disney villains. Disney's not-so-spooky spectacular promises to be the perfect Halloween treat. Uh, it says the fireworks are just part of the Halloween fun. Uh, several attractions across the park will receive special enhancements just for the Halloween party. New this year, when you follow the treat trail into the Monsters World at Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor, They'll interact in an all-new way with the comic cast of Monsters as they learn about the curious human world holiday we call Halloween. Uh, I know last year when we went to that, uh, we just got candy from that spot, but there was no. Uh, it was actually closed. So I'll be curious to see this year they actually have it open. Uh, That'll also, be so exciting. I love Monsters, Inc. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, also this year, embarking upon the high seas with the Pirates of the Caribbean, you'll discover a crew of live pirates on your journey, engaged in a whole new adventure in a search for treasure. Space Mountain goes completely dark again this year, which was incredible last year, hurtling you through the blackness of deep space to the rifts and chords of a new hard rockin' soundtrack. And at the Mad Tea Party in Fantasyland, each spin of the teacups take guests into a matter and matter territory, as special lighting and music give the attraction experience an extra energy after dark. You will not be getting me on that one. That's fine. We can watch from a distance. Sounds perfect. Uh, there's also the amazing Hocus Pocus Villain Spectacular, the Ride of the Headless Thank goodness that's not going away. Yeah, no kidding. The Ride of the Headless Horseman, Mickey's Boo to You Halloween Parade, my favorite parade. My favorite parade ever. Outside of the Electric Light Parade. Uh, my, my favorite still standing <laughs> parade. <laughs> Boo to you and you and you. Happy Halloween. I love that shit. Uh, Monsters mm. Screamoween Ball and Storybook Circus Disney Junior Jam, where this year Nancy Clancy from the hit t- Disney Junior series. Fancy Nancy joins the other Ugh. Disney pals like Vampirina and Doc McStuffins. You won't want to miss the all-new Disney's Not-So-Spooky Spectacular, 
or any of the other delightful treats in store for the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. Select nights August 16th through November 1st. They started early this year, huh? Yeah, I think it'll hold another week this year now, too, which is just fucking crazy. Because <laughs> we went last year at the end of August, and it was hotter than hell. And I am so glad that we did not dress up like crazy people. Like we dressed so up. So we're still. gonna try like a September date, maybe. Well, we'll have it. will have to be a September date because I won't be there before then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> September. See. So now that we've covered all these things happening today in the world of Disney as well as in the future, it's time for us to get into the main segment of what our show's about today. Talking about being an adult at Disney and taking some fun tours behind the scenes. And as we visit the Disney parks, we often see guests being escorted around the parks by a cast member, affectionately referred to as the Plaids. They bring guests around the park, sharing insights into historical facts about certain names on storefront windows, backstage magic, and even a tour through the teledoors of the Magic Kingdom. And just a fun fact here for you, the Magic Kingdom's shops and rides are actually on the second floor of the property, with Cinderella's Castle being on the third floor. The teledoors are actually ground level. We will get into more details about these facts in a future episode, but for now, we wanted to share some insights into what the World of Dreams tour offers, and then get into what we would do if we had a chance to take this fantasy tour. For starters, this tour allows you to design your day, making almost everything available at your request. You and five of the friends will embark on a 12-hour tour that will make anyone outside of your group envious of the opportunity that beholds you. The basics of this tour include... Three full meals at almost any restaurant of choice, no matter if any reservations are available or not. Front-of-the-line access to any and all rides with no wait. And best of all, you will have the opportunity to get a full tour of the Cinderella Dream Suite that has never been available to purchase before. Now, you cannot stay the night, but you will have access to the suite with a full guided tour. You'll be taken to one or all of the four main parks and a luxury vehicle, depending on what your group wants to accomplish that day. Two tour guides are ready to answer any questions, take you and your group to see whatever you want on stage or backstage, and for an additional $10,000, you can add another full day to this tour. So let's break this down and talk about why we feel this is truly a tour that is worth every penny. If you break down the cost and split this between six of you, it'll run you approximately $2,000 per guest. So let's break this down and discuss why we feel this tour is actually worth the cost. For starters, three full meals at almost any restaurant of your choice, which has a potential value of $60 to about $150 per guest, unless you can get the chef's table, which will run each of you up to about $500 per meal. Then there's a VIP experience with transportation and no waits on any rides, plus access to backstage tours and much more. With all that being taken into consideration, let's get into what our dream tour would look like. Well, you want to take turns? How do you want to do this? I mean, we can go over your list and I can let the world know that they're on my list too because we're the same person. Or do you want to do each choose one at a time and then discuss why? Uh, yeah, that sounds fun. Okay. You stole my first one. Now, can you have an Imagineer on these tours with you? Well, here's the deal. You can. There's, a, there's an experience you can pay... Yeah. To have dinner with an Imagineer. Yeah. So I, do that. I don't see why you couldn't have a tour by an Imagineer. Because I know that the, there are certain tours you can do uh, before the parks open that include the Haunted Mansion. That you can get a lights-on Haunted Mansion tour 
with somebody that takes you through the entire thing. I would assume that they're an Imagineer. I don't know. I would prefer to have an Imagineer. Do you think that it would ruin the experience if you saw Haunted Mansion with the lights on? No, not at all. Because I already know how it all works. Well, I mean, I know that too, but... I think for me personally, it would make it more magical. Here's one thing, though, I will say that right now ruins it for me a little bit when I take the ride. Is that in the ballroom scene, if you look down at the ground along the banisters, uh, on the, where the, just off the track of where your doom buggy is, uh, there's a little bit of light that reflects a shadow of feet of the animatronics that are above your head that are doing the Pepper's Ghost effect on top of the chandelier. And for whatever reason, it's been that way for a couple of years. And I don't know if maybe just the way the lighting is done, they just can't change it. But you can definitely see the shadows of the ghost feet on the ground just off the doom buggy. That's kind of disappointing. Yeah, it's kind of weird, right? So, I, I don't but know. Yeah, that's my favorite ride. So, I'd be, so, the issue is it's my favorite ride ever. And yeah. I wouldn't want a chance ruining it. But they also did a really fancy, like, 50th, 20th, 100th anniversary, whatever it is, of the Haunted Mansion in Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, the uh, coming up soon. With like the dinner and everything, it was like this crazy magical experience that they had that I think I talked about on something, but it looked amazing. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. I would I would like just to even just to go out and just to be given a tour of the tombstones and just like talk about like the, you know, all the people that they're being referenced to and, and you know, memorializing per se, you know, Extensio and, you know, whoever, whoever else is a part of that whole thing. Yeah. I mean, any extra ex- knowledge ex- about ex- the Haunted Mansion would be amazing. I say his last name. No idea. Yeah, totally. I think it'd be pretty rad. So is that your first one also? Mm-hmm. Well, my second one is to be able to visit every mountain in the parks. I think it'd be fun to zoom around and zip around and have access to all the mountains. Now, whether we did one park at a time and then you did all the experiences in just the one park per, per thingy, or if you went around and hit all the mountains first, like however that would work. But well, it's one of those things where you have 12 hours, but there's no line, no waiting. Right. So and you also just get on. And, and you're shuttled in, shuttled in backstage also. Yep. So. In private fancy transportation. Yeah. So I think the first thing that I would want to do, and this would probably start before the tour starts because that's when the bakery is the busiest, but I would want to tour the Grand Floridian Bakery. That'd be cool. And just hang out with the, the pastry chefs for a bit. It's kind of like watch, Maybe make watch my their procedures. Maybe make my own figment cake. Or show them how you make your macarons. Impress them, get a job. You that's, know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That'd be pretty cool. Would you want to get there like super early? Cause well, I don't yeah, because usually it's like 5, 6 a.m. that they right. like start the baking and everything. So it'd be really cool to be there for that like opening procedure and how they get started for the day and just to see all that magic. Yeah, that's what I'm curious about this tour. Like, if it's if it starts at a certain time, if you can request a certain time to, to finish it, you know, if it's like a 8 to 8 or 5 to 5, you know what I mean? Like, how that would work out. Well, I mean, it's 12 hours, so... Right. But if you're starting at 6 a.m., that means you're, it's going to be over at 6 p.m. I don't know. Just something to think about. I mean, we could always spend the extra 10000 the next day and get two days out of it. <laughs> Perfect. I mean, shit, why not? Uh, I think the only thing that I would have an issue with is that we would have to figure out what four other people want to do you guys can come on the tour with us if you want to do all the things that we want to do if not then no (laughs) i think each person should be given one thing to choose from and then we can all pick a bunch of things and then maybe like pull names out of a hat kind of gimmick you know i don't don't know 
Be... I don't want to leave it to chance if I'm spending two thousand dollars on this tour. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, I totally get it. That's what's that's what's tricky about it. We're just gonna be rich, and the two of us can do the twelve thousand dollar tour. Yeah, can join us. Or us and us and the kids. Well, my next one would be to get a backstage tour of the Finding Nemo the musical uh, show at Animal Kingdom. See, I'd want to do the Lion King show. Yeah, or what? Well, yeah. Or both. Yeah, or both. Yeah, I think it'd be cool to get to see the back, you know, behind the scenes and the props and the mechanisms and how things work and meet the cast kind of thing. I think it'd be pretty cool to see because I'm, I'm all about the behind the scenes stuff and how things work. I think it'd be pretty, yeah, definitely. Pretty, pretty rad to see see that whole thing. Yeah, the Finding Nemo show is. I mean, I haven't actually seen it, but I understand the concept of it, and it's really really cool. Yeah. Oh, just wait, dude! It's amazing. Well, I've seen the like Little Mermaid show. It's a it similar. Is nothing at all like anything that Disney offers. It's a Broadway caliber show. Trust me. I did get to see the uh, the Frozen show in Disneyland. That was epic. Oh, interesting. It was like the test run for the Broadway show Frozen. So oh yeah, crazy. that's right. I heard. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. So it still exists, and it's incredible. Nice. And you know, being someone with a, you know, somewhat of a theater background, seeing everything that goes into it, because you know, when you go see a movie, it's all you know, nowadays CGI and things like that, and everything's edited in after. So, the magic, if you will, is edited in, not live. And then with like, especially Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, seeing everything that they did, I'd love a behind-the-scenes tour of that. I know it's completely off topic but i would love to see how they orchestrated all of the magic and that but similarly with the the frozen musical there's just so much that they do with a stage production that's just mind-blowing yeah yeah it's interesting and the the way that that spends done and stuff like it's it's pretty cool and oh my god olaf is the cutest thing ever because he's basically like Olaf, but he has a dude standing behind him, and the dude is like just as animated as Olaf. It's just it's phenomenal. so it's, it's so it's done like the uh, uh, Miguel and Coco. Have you seen the the that, uh, the puppet? When they do the, the Coco show. You haven't even seen what the video? Coco show. Well, they did. It. They started doing the Coco show at uh, Disneyland. And then recently brought it over to uh, Epcot. And it's basically uh, the uh, Mariachi uh, Cabaret. Uh, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever, I think that's how you call them. That the, when they're doing their show, they're, they're doing a new Coco show, the whole new, whole new music and everything from the movie. And then towards the end of the story, Miguel comes out, and it's a guy that's dressed in like a traditional uh, mariachi kind of costume. And then he's uh, got Miguel as a puppet, and Miguel's feet are attached to his feet. And he plays the guitar and I mean, everything. It's amazing. And he's kind of, he almost looks like a Pinocchio, kind of like wood cut, wood carved um, a marionette puppet. It's pretty neat. So, so Olaf sounds similar. Similar, but Olaf is just incredible. Because yeah, his personality like really comes out. They give him he has like facial expressions and everything that this actor in a sense 
Yeah, it brings out. Is able to. Yeah, that's what's fun with the Nemo show because it's done the same way. Like the actors are puppeteering everything. You can really see the expression coming from the puppeteers that they're putting into the character itself. You know, it's, it's fun. It's almost like for the show, you can just like just watch the puppeteers, you know, instead of watching their puppets. Mm-hmm. It's pretty rad. Yeah. So what's your next one, honey? So my next one would be to actually plant something on the uh, the living with the land, the land. Nice. Or do one of the uh, the little, um, how they have the itty bitty greenhouses. Yep. To plant one of those little dudes in the jelly. I had thought about putting some kind of uh, VIP tour for living with the land, like the behind the seeds tour, but they already had the behind the seeds tour, so I mean, that's a pretty cool tour anyways. Yeah, it'd be cool to actually like be able to plant something or do that. Yeah. Well, for me, I, I, I would think it would depend on year, time-wise, and obviously you know, when we do something like this, because we're going to do something like this, we have to eventually. Um, obviously. Galaxy's Edge will be open. So I would love to get a full tour of Galaxy's Edge and the thought and the process of what it went into specific things. And we could probably spend six that hours. That could be our day, too. You know? Just in that park alone. Oh, absolutely. You know, front of the line, everything, get it behind the stage, behind the scenes. I mean, everything. I think it would be really awesome to have, like, a smuggler's run, like, just the two of us. Yeah. Or be a fucking stormtrooper for the day. Oh, my gosh. Right? That would be phenomenal. Yeah. That's what's fun with this this, this kind of uh, fantasizing, because, I mean, really... Or even just to try on the stormtrooper suit, that would be cool. Because I don't think they'd let you actually be a stormtrooper. Uh, who knows? Maybe. Who uh, knows? You can have your uh, you can have your private flight on Star Tours by yourself, though. Because yeah, I thought about that. I forgot that that's a that's one of my runner ups. <laughs> that ride that ride makes me super nauseous. Yeah. My main thing for writing that down was because I wanted to be chosen as the the rebel spy. <laughs> <laughs> and, if, and, if it, and if it's just me, I will pay I'll totally 12, be chosen. I'll pay $2,000 to be this rebel spy, damn it. <laughs> I wonder what the best spot for viewing Happily Ever After is. Well, the the uh, fast pass spots are over there in the, the green the green spaces. I wonder if there is like seating like somewhere in like the top parts of all the shops. Yeah, I wonder. Where you could go and be like above all the people so there's no heads in the way to watch that show. You know, on a complete side note, I had heard that there was going to be a private VIP experience where you can actually rent um, like a tent of some sort that would actually be on top of one of the buildings over by Space Mountain. And it was some kind of like uh, rent it for like a birthday party or something kind of thing. I forget exactly what it was. I have to look into it more. But yeah, it's a good question. Speaking of the fest, the, um, the Happily Ever After, I would love to watch that from the second balcony at the train station on Main Street. Ooh. It'd, be, it'd be far away to see it, you know what I mean? But it would still be pretty cool just to see it from that perspective. That would be amazing. As long as there's no construction on Main Street, because that kind of takes away from it. Yeah. Or the, the inevitable crane that's behind Cinderella Castle. Nah. That has it on Instagram. Does it really? That's so awesome. Yeah. I think I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, it's hilarious. So what when is yours next, honey? Oh my god. Um 
I got a bunch I don't know. of runner you put, So you put that you'd want to feed the dolphins? I'd love to swim with the dolphins. Yeah. But I don't know if you if, they, if you can. Well, they would let me because I'm paying a lot of money for this. Yeah, this is true. We could also go down the street to the uh, whatever Dolphin Cove experience that they have outside of the Disney World areas. That's another time. Yep. Talk about that stuff. <laughs> that it, you can't do that on this tour. No, but maybe I mean maybe you can swim with the dolphins because I know you can do the dive. You can dive. In the yeah, aquarium. you can do the snorkeling. And there's sharks and shit. So I mean, fuck. Uh, mm-hmm. Unless the dolphin wants to try to, you know, have sex with you or something, because they are uh, pretty sexual, uh, active animals. And did you know that dolphins? Speaking of sex and dolphins, that they are supposedly the only other mammal besides humans that have sex for fun, for pleasure. Everything else has dolphins sex. Dolphins are awesome. Has sex because they need to, to uh, keep their species going. But dolphins, eh, they're like, we enjoy sex just as much as those silly humans on the, on the land do. I don't know. Zoe seems uh, pretty happy when she's humping things. Yeah, but she's also a female, which is weird seeing female dogs hump things. I've seen it before. It's hilarious. My old dog Maggie used to have this little mouse bed that we actually used to have for the cats back in the day. And uh, she used to go at that thing. Is she humping it or are they like like scissoring it? (laughs) 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 Might need to edit that out. I don't know. (laughs) We'll see how it sounds. Playback. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool though. Definitely would love to swim with the dolphins. It's always been a dream. I've swam with manatees before. Don't tell nobody. But uh, yeah, that'd be pretty rad to swim with some dolphins. I've touched baby sharks. Well, my next thing would be to be the Grand Marshal for the Festival of Fantasy Parade. Want to hear a great story? I would love to. I was a Grand Marshal of a Disney parade once. Tell us more. I know about this, but share it with the audience. So once upon a time, I went to the Crystal Palace, and I was with uh, some friends and family, and there were seven or eight of us, and... Some guy just came over and started talking to us. He had this cute little hat on. He was like an older gentleman. He was really sweet. And so we kind of just started talking to him. Not everyone was at the table. Um, and then uh, like the parents came over of the kids and everything. And he was like, hey, I really like you guys' spirit. You want to be the Grand Marshal of the parade? And we were like, um, yeah. And so they were like, cool, line up over by the barbershop. At 2.45, and we'll let you backstage and put you on the little vehicle. And we got to be in the parade. We got our own little Mickey ears to say Grand Marshal 2013 on them. So cool. And uh, me and the girls went, one, two, three, and princess wave. Then the whole parade. And then my ears fell off onto the street. <laughs> and one of the guys holding one of the sides had to run and get the hat for me. That's pretty intense. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's some serious Disney magic right there. It was so incredible. Just to get to ride in that car mean, too. That car is badass, and that's like celebrities have ridden in that thing. Mickey and Minnie riding that thing. You know what I mean? It's like, and like that was probably one of my most magical days in Disney because not only did I get to be the Grand Marshal of the Parade of Magic Kingdom, but I met Hanson that night. Hmm. And Epcot it was like. <sighs> A magical explosion. Sounds pretty magical. It was, it was. Is that when you had your oom hops? 
Oh, no, that was pre-umhops. They did not have umhops yet. Good to know. 2015 was the first year they had umhops, and I drank lots of it. I bet. They were you singing umbop while you were drinking it, or umhops? Um, duh. Awesome. So what's next up with you, honey? What would you like to do next? All right, so I know that I couldn't get the the chef's table at uh, at Victoria and Albert, um, especially being someone who waited three years to have a seat at the chef's table at Victoria and Albert's. If someone canceled on me because a $12,000 tour decided they wanted to steal my dinner spot instead, I'd be pretty upset, so I, I wouldn't want to uh, take that away from anyone. But being able to sit in the dining room or even the queen's room and experience the meal from that side of the world. It was just a phenomenal dinner. I'd do it again. Yeah, I've heard all kind of cool things about it. Sounds amazing. Absolutely. One of my last ones here, and I have a couple runner-ups, but uh, one of my last things I'd want to do would be to be able to ride up in the uh, engine on the Walt Disney World Railway and ride along with the conductor and uh, toot the train horn. I was just going to say, did you want to toot the horn? Yeah, because whenever I go my, uh, walk around the park and I'm over uh, near Casey's uh, kids' place over there, Casey Jr.'s, you know, kid train stations, mm-hmm. and they uh, refuel the train there, and then they blow off some steam, literally blow off some steam. It makes me shit myself every fucking time they blow uh, that off. Like, you know it's coming in. <laughs> I could be looking right at the son of a bitch pulling the cord, and it makes me jump out of my shoes every single time. I love it. I laugh. It's like such a like. It's one of those like, you're so nervous and scared. You laugh kind of thing. You know, <laughs> it's hysterical. Like if you're in line for like the freaking the the great Goofini roller coaster there. You know, the Barnstormer. Yeah, I love that thing. You know, Me it's, too. It's just so. It's just it gets you, gets you right in the boo boo, make you shit your <laughs> pants. But yeah, I'd love to be the conductor. I know. I know that ever since the monorail accident, we had a cast member that passed away. Uh, one of the drivers, they don't let you sit in the in the engines anymore on the monorails, which sucks. But I think it'd be pretty awesome to get a chance because I have my train conductor ears. I would just fit right in. I'd wear suspenders and everything. I'd be happier than a pig and shit to get to do that. It'd be adorable. I'd take all sorts of pictures. I would love it, especially when I. I mean, it was like back to my days of wanting to toot the horn on a fire truck. You know, next is the train. At Walt Disney World. But so only can, a train at Walt Disney World. Yeah, because I want to make other people there poop their pants. <laughs> I want to be that person. <laughs> I want to see people jump. Uh, anything next for you, honey? I don't know. It's so tough because there's so much. I know. And how do you like fit it all in? Because I would definitely want to do the three full meals. Mm-hmm. But, like, where would lunch be? I feel like it would need to be somewhere where it would be really hard to get reservations, which is why I said Victoria and Albert's for dinner. But I've basically eaten at all the places that would be really hard to get lunch reservations at. So, <laughs> right. So, I'm think very of like good the, at getting those. Think of, like, some of the tours that they do that have, they offer meals. You know, like the... Actually, Tiffin's has a eating with an Imagineer. I'd like to do that. That'd be cool. Yeah. Tiffin's was a phenomenal restaurant. I know the uh, the um, wildlife excursion tour you can take at Animal Kingdom. They end it with lunch out there in the uh, savannah. They have like a little I wanna... uh, gazebo house kind of thing. That they put you out there in the middle of the plains and you have like a wine and cheese uh, charcuterie kind of gimmick. I want to play with a giraffe. That'd be cool. 
Hanging by his long neck? No, just pet him. And feed him? Mm-hmm. Take selfies with him? Yeah. Well, some of my runner-ups I have, uh, along with some kind of go along with yours, was to feed the dolphins at the Living Seas. I uh, have a reserved spot for the best viewing for Happily Ever After. I uh, have a private flight on Star Tours. Uh, have customized Mickey ears for the entire group. Okay, but what would they be? I, I don't know. Something we have to go on. I'm not sure. Uh, I would want to go do a tour of all the stables and maybe do some horseback riding. That would be awesome. That'd be a lot of fun. Especially if the tour was like around Christmas or Halloween and all the like campgrounds were decorated, all the like cabins and stuff. Because people go crazy at Christmas and Halloween decorating. Yeah, totally. And uh, last but not least for me, so it might sound kind of odd, but it goes along with your wanting to plant something at the land. I would love to mow the grass at Disney. Now, would you mow a really fun, like, logo into the grass? I'd put a F.E.I. Disney in that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and I would, specifically, I would want to mow along the slope that is on the backside of the train that is uh, basically between the monorail and the backstage area of Magic Kingdom because it's a really steep hill. And whenever mm-hmm. I've taken the monorail back there and seen that steep hill and seen that it's been mowed, I've always wondered how they do that. If they use one of those remote control lawnmowers or if uh, you know, if they, if they uh, mow it perpendicular to the hill or if they mow it parallel to the hill, it's hard to tell. Or if they maybe mow it uh, diagonally, uh, diagon alley to the hill. So I'd like to see some tips Sorry, I'm smiling over here. I really appreciated that Harry Potter comment. Yeah, so I think some uh, it'd be fun to have some some kind of tips and tricks on how Disney goes about mowing that crazy hill. Because I've seen like on the interstate, they have the remote control lawnmowers that they use, which are pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So any other runner-ups for you, love? Yes, I'd really like to pick up trash on the... Uh Main Street? I'm just kidding. You said you wanted to mow the grass. I was just thinking <laughs> along the lines of that. Um, gosh. Get the Teledors tour? Well, so one of the things that you could do is you get to tour the, the room that's in Cinderella's castle. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome to see. Yeah. Somehow persuade them to let me stay there the night. I would fail miserably, but that would be pretty cool. But even just to see it, I'd like stand in it would be really cool yeah to see it in person and to see like the twinkly lights up on the ceiling and stuff all mm-hmm. that craziness just see like the grandiose and it's so crazy that one time it was like room. custodial storage <laughs> you know and they're like hey, let's turn this in thing into a suite. Like, how can we make money actually when they initially made the suite they were just giving it away yeah during their like year of magic event that they had like yeah. 10 years ago yep and then now they do it for charities and stuff for like uh, make-a-wish foundations and things like that or just yeah, they giveaways. just auctioned it off for like $50,000 for one night, I think it was. Wow. And from what I understand, like the only thing that sucks about sleeping up there is that you literally are locked into your room when the park closes at night. Yep. Well, there you go, folks. There goes uh, you know, kind of what we'd like, we'd like to do and fantasize when it comes to our VIP Disney Dreams world of uh, imagination and creativity and uh, whatever the hell you want to call this thing. But it'd be fun. And they do have their own private VIP tours. Uh, they are several hundreds of dollars a day, if not a couple grand, depending on what type of extent of a VIP tour you want. 
Um, but Disney has a lot of fun things that you can do as an adult and for adults. Uh, this tour also includes uh, some quote-unquote alcoholic beverages. Uh, if you'd like, I uh, don't think that they're going to get you shitty. But you can do that on your own, I'm sure, by going to uh, some of the local restaurants and establishments. Well, it does I, say that at the restaurants, when you have your three meals, that alcohol is included. It doesn't say there's a limit to how much you can drink. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we could do a drinking around the world with a tour guide pushing us <laughs> around. <laughs> Excuse me, tour guide, sir. Can you please carry me? Do a little forky waddle, get dragged along. <laughs> That'd be fun. We would love to know, though, what you would do on this tour, because there's so many things possible when it comes yeah, to... Yeah, I, I don't think we're even hitting the tip of the iceberg yeah. of anything you could possibly imagine to do on this tour. So let us know, and we're going to be posting this up on our Instagram feed, at, and you can follow us on Instagram at yeah underscore Disney. So until next time, don't forget to leave us a review. If you have a Apple podcast listening to this on, you can leave us a five-star review if you think we deserve it as well as a comment or, in, uh, or a written review, I should say, uh, through Apple Podcasts, or no matter what podcast catcher app that you use, I'm sure there's some way that you can leave us a review of uh, five-star or less, depending on what you feel about this show, and also a comment of some sort. And until next time, as a great Walt Disney once said, if you believe in a thing, believe in it all the way. Mortals pay a token fee. Rest in peace, the haunting spree. So hurry back, we would like your company. Hurry back, hurry back. Be sure to bring your death certificate.